Welcome to Health Talks. I'm Rocco Friebel and this is the LSE Health Policy Podcast, a place where we engage with the biggest issues facing the health space today. Around the world, many countries have implemented some kind of universal or near-universal health coverage. The NHS is failing. Let's change the model. There are only three ways to pay for healthcare, tax, insurance and cash. Most Japanese citizens are covered under the Social Health Insurance Plan. 5% of salaries are deducted to pay for SHI. In India, 28% of India's population did not have access to a doctor. And we've been talking for months about how Brazil's health system was being put under stress. Has it cracked yet, the health system? 2020 is the year we all learnt more about the devastation a tiny virus can bring. What is the future of healthcare? Let's restrict that to the African continent now, the level that we're at right now, because obviously we're, we're, we're trying to leapfrog. Technology is helping us to do that. What you, kind of product that you're putting on the table can help the African continent do that. Countries around the world are spending increasing amounts of attention and money on healthcare, particularly as the coronavirus pandemic continues. However, the way healthcare systems are run differs markedly across national borders. These structural and operational differences make it difficult to assess how well systems are operating in relation to their neighbors. Finding ways to compare systems that account for these differences may allow us to understand and learn from the best performing health systems. In today's episode, I'll be joined again by Tom Hanna, who's a doctor in the NHS and former MSE student in the Department of Health Policy. And we will be talking to Dr. Irini Papanikolas from the London School of Economics. Over the next 20 minutes, we will investigate the complexities of comparing different health systems and ask how such comparisons can help us make health system improvements for the future. Irini joins us now. Welcome to Health Talks. Hi, Rocco. Thank you for having me. It's a pleasure to be part of the podcast. Thanks for coming on the podcast. Be before we start, can you take a minute to introduce yourself and what work you do? Of course. Um, I'm an associate professor of health economics uh, in the Department of Health Policy at the London School of Economics. The work that I do mostly for focuses on um, measuring the performance of different health systems and trying to understand what we can learn from the comparisons of one health system to another. Uh, so that involves looking at the different indicators that we use to measure things like health outcomes, uh, health system efficiency, health system equity, and then try to understand whether we can use these to compare one system to the other um, in a meaningful way uh, so that we're getting, I guess, apples to apples comparisons, and then uh, what we can learn from these comparisons. So are there insights that would be interesting to policymakers so that we can um, better enforce an environment of mutual learning, whereby the lessons of one health system in terms of what is working are then translated into others. Excellent. Um, by, by the end of our conversation today, I want us to understand how we can compare different healthcare systems, understand what some of the differences are between them and discuss any lessons that can be learned from this work. Irini, you are part of the ICONIC project, which is running in collaboration with the London School of Economics. Can you describe briefly what work the project is doing? 
Of course, let me start by telling you what ICONIC stands for. Uh, ICONIC is the International Collaborative on Costs, Outcomes, and Needs in Care. Uh, and the uh, aim of the project is really to try to understand whether we can compare certain subsets of patients and um, their journey through the health system when they need care. Um, so the subset of patients that we're really interested in looking at are a group that we call high need, high cost patients. So these are the patients that would make up the top 10% of healthcare expenditures in the system um, and have high needs. So this requires them to go through many different parts of the system uh, over the course of the year to meet those needs. Uh, and what we want to understand is if you're one of these patients in one of 11 different health systems uh, across the, uh, a group of high income countries, what does a year of care look like for you in terms of how many hospitalizations you go, how many times you go to the emergency room, what sort of drugs you're prescribed, uh, how many times you see the primary care doctor or the nurse, uh, do you have any rehab, does a home nurse come home uh, to your home to take care of you, um, and what do your outcomes look like over this period, how often do you have an emergency readmission, how often does somebody in this cohort die, um, and from these trajectories and outcomes, can we identify meaningful differences from one country to the other that help us learn where there might be scope for improvement? I think it would be useful to substantiate why, iconic, why the ICONIC project is necessary before we go any further. Um, the best healthcare system would be one where we put the minimum resources in and get the maximum health output out. Many listeners may be thinking, Why can we not just look at how expensive healthcare systems are and look at the outcomes they produce and compare them based on those criteria? So that would be one way, I guess, to have a kind of crude comparison of health systems, uh, try to look at what health system spends and, and, and what they produce um, and, and maybe make some sort of ranking. Uh, but already there might be challenges in trying to think about how to do that. So I guess the first question is, uh, how do you measure health output? Um, you know, what would we look at? Would we look at life expectancy? Uh, because life expectancy is influenced by a number of factors outside the healthcare system uh, as well. And so would, be, would, be, would we really be comparing um, health systems if we looked at that? Uh, what if we looked at maybe a more specific measure of health outcome, like uh, how many people die uh, 30 days after a heart attack? Um, once we start getting that granular, though, are we really looking at the entire health system? Are we looking at how well systems perform with regard to one particular output? We can do the same exercise to think about how we would measure what the health system puts in in a given year. So the resources that they use. Do we look at how much they're spending in a given year? And um, what about all of the inputs that they've invested in over the course of years, such as training their staff? Um, so there are a number of different challenges, I guess, in doing something that sounds very simple, uh, which might mean that, uh, in fact, you're not comparing like with like, or you're not comparing, in fact, the health system to the health system. So I guess what we try to do with Iconic is try to solve some of these problems by taking uh, a more specific approach, which is looking at at particular patients that we know health systems are very focused on providing care for and that are often very expensive and trying to understand how the care, how care is provided to these patients, what outcomes look like at certain intervals um, 
over the course of a year and how much they spend on these patients. And by looking uh, at their kind of trajectory of care over the year and understanding better how they go through the system, what they use, how much they spend and what their outcomes look like, we can produce maybe more actionable results for policymakers to improve the care of particular subsets of patients. Oh, that's very that's very interesting. And it, it sounds like the project finds people that are going through very similar disease processes and then follows their progress through their respective healthcare systems to assess the differences in utilization and services, costs and outcomes, as you've mentioned already. And um, so you focus on quite complex multimorbid patient groups. And I imagine some people might be wondering if this limits the Uh, the usefulness of your findings or the external validity to the rest of the healthcare system, as most of the population wouldn't fit into this population group um, that you have used in your study. So, Irene, can you just elaborate a little bit why it is why why is it important to look at the patients with complex needs specifically? Of course. Um, so just to give you and the listeners a bit of background of who exactly it is that we're focusing on, we call this group of patients the high need, high cost uh, patients. And we derive them from a, a report actually that was produced for the National Academy of Medicine in the US, uh, specifically about um, this group of patients. Um, where this all started from was um, thinking about who are the patients that spend the most in the healthcare system. So all healthcare systems have certain patients who make up a, a disproportionate uh, amount of costs. Um, they're often called the high spenders. Uh, they're defined in different ways, uh, but commonly thought of as who are the patients that make up the top, uh, sorry, 10% of healthcare expenditures or 5% of healthcare expenditures. And we do see often that there's a group of certain patients that account for uh, a substantial amount of healthcare costs. Um, and when you look within this group, uh, this is who we're interested in understanding. Uh, we see that they're not a homogeneous group. Um, they're not, it's not one type of patient that accounts uh, for these costs, but rather kind of a heterogeneous group of people who have many healthcare needs, but quite different healthcare needs. Uh, and so this National Academy of Medicine report that we draw on defines um, six subsets of high need, high cost patient groups. Um, These consist of a frail older person, um, a person with complex multimorbidity, so somebody characterized with multiple chronic conditions, and actually that's a, a category that encompasses two typologies depending on how many comorbidities they have. Uh, somebody else who has a progressing advanced um, illness, so something like dementia, a younger person with a um, major disability, uh, and then there's also, um, I think, a child with uh, serious uh, healthcare needs. And so uh, we took this classification and wanted to understand uh, specifically how healthcare systems differ in providing care for these groups. And the reason we did that was because these are patients that are already consuming a very high proportion of costs. And also because these are patients that make use of a lot of the healthcare system over the course of a year. And there's potential major gains to be made by way finding ways that they can go through the system in a more efficient, more coordinated fashion. Um, so we believe that there was a lot of potential for this group for cross-system learning. Now that's not to say that other um, patient groups aren't also important to look at, but often their contact with the system over the course of the year might be quite limited 
to maybe a hospitalization for a certain condition or certain visits, and you might miss out on some of the opportunity to find uh, good op- good ways to look at improvements that can be made in coordination of care, which is particularly what we were interested in in this project. Um, so yeah, there might be limitations of the external validity for this group in terms of thinking of somebody say, who's uh, having a baby and how much the findings that we find here apply to to obstetric services. But um, through this, we hope that we can find ways in which we can optimize the pathways of care for certain uh, patients that consume a large amount of resources. Hi, Irene. I'll start off by echoing Rocco's welcome. Thanks for being with us this morning. I want to switch our attention and start going through some of your findings and start to think about how we can apply them. Did you find that different countries handled patient health issues in different ways? And if this was the case, can you think of any examples of where there were differences? Yeah, so uh, one of the the patient types that we look at, uh, as I said, was a frail older person. And and specifically the way that uh, we looked at this person through the data was we identified uh, somebody uh, 65 years and above who was admitted to the hospital with a hip fracture. And um, we did this across Australia, Canada, England, France, Germany, the Netherlands, New Zealand, Spain, Sweden, Switzerland, and the United States. And we looked at after that initial hospital admission, what does a year of care look like for them? And we found that they spend very different amounts, even from that first admission, uh, the amounts of time, sorry, in the hospital and very different amounts of time in rehab care and where rehab care happens differs. And the amount of days over the year that they spend in care also differs. Now, those uh, maybe don't sound like important differences, but uh, if you're a patient and uh, you're looking at a year of care after you know something as intense as a, a hip fracture, uh, we know that it is quite important to you uh, how much time you spend in, in, I guess, outside of home and in care. Um, but also, uh, we know that you know where you have rehab can be very important from other studies and influence uh, how soon you're able to have uh, better mobility um, or, um, I guess, your your uh, as I said, your quality of life uh, if you want to go home sooner. So, so we thought that these were very interesting differences. Um, and uh, important, I think, to consider in terms of the, the treatment pathways uh, that we want to adopt across different countries. I'd say importantly, we also found that the outcomes for these populations also differed a lot between countries. So across the group, um, we had a mortality differences of uh, over five percentage points from the highest mortality group to the second highest um, country uh, in terms of mortality. So, you know, important outcomes in terms of uh, uh, of things like mortality as well. That, that's really interesting then. So you're finding that the countries are handling the conditions differently and also that there's differences in costs and health outcomes. Are you able to link the differences in the way that the patient groups are treated to those differences in costs and outcomes? Can, is the data there for that or is the data insufficient to make that causal connection? So currently we haven't um, gotten uh, that far to, to make causal connections. The first part of the project was really just to try to see if we could produce comparable estimates across countries and identify variation. Um, so we haven't been able to directly link, um, I guess, what systems are doing to uh, definitive uh, outcomes. So, so making that causal link. Um, there are 
different challenges to doing that, one of which has to do with um, the way that the, the data is shared across countries. Currently, none of the countries are allowed to, to, to share their data outside national boundaries. So the way that we work is we have uh, researchers across all 11 countries and um, the OECD is a partner as well who, who advises and contributes to the work. Um, and they each hold the data in their own country and do the analysis in on the data in their country. And then we, we compare the results of the analysis. Um, so a big challenge here in the future moving forward is how we can pool all of this individual level data to try to do uh, you know, more sophisticated analyses to try to get at some of these causal pathways. So I think always on this podcast, we try to link back to what are those practical lessons that we can learn going forward. So as of yet, has the data given any clue about where healthcare systems could be more efficient or improving the outcomes that they're managing to achieve? Yeah, so one thing that we we do find is that there is a lot of variability about of where patients get care, um, particularly outside of the hospital. So um, for, for the personas that we looked at, so for the hip fracture persona and the other, um, sorry, type of patient, that we look at is somebody who has multimorbidity. So we're looking at somebody with a heart failure exacerbation who also has diabetes. Um, we see that hospital care looks similar, but we, we see very different amounts of um, rehab care and, and different numbers of visits to uh, outpatient specialists, primary care doctors, um, and differential use of uh, kind of home health and community health care. And so this is, Kind of what we're interested in focusing on um, in moving forward is how much is there substitution between these sectors of care and um, and you know do you, if you're getting more care in a setting that is cheaper um, does that adversely affect outcomes or not um, because if it doesn't then potentially this holds um, some very uh, actionable ways to improve efficiency across systems. Well, this actually leads me on to uh, to the next question. Um, you know, this project is still ongoing. And I mean, you have established all the relationships with researchers across 11 or 12 countries, uh, you mentioned before, um, you know, with access to patient level data. I was wondering, you know, what, what, what do you think are the next big questions that need to be answered and could be answered, you know, through this quite, you know, vast collaboration? And what improvements will this enable health systems to make? So I think definitely um, uh, Tom's point earlier about trying to make more uh, causal linkages between specific decisions that are made in the care process, uh, pathway or you know settings of care and, and uh, establish links to outcomes, that would be really great if we could make that next step um, and uh, something that I think we're, we're quite interested in looking at. Um, I guess other uh, areas that we hope to understand is um, looking at different types of patients and, uh, you know, understanding more of the variability uh, in, um, I guess, in, in the type of resource use that different types of patients make. So um, we hope to look at um, an older person with dementia and a younger person with serious mental illness to try to understand, I guess, how they go through the system as well. And if we see uh, more variability for different uh, types of patients across systems, um, so that, I guess there's there's a lot of uh, future work that we're, we're interested in doing. Um, in terms of what improvements we hope that this will make is, um, well, there's a few there. I think um, initially our aim was just to demonstrate that 
health systems do do things differently and those decisions matter uh, in terms of the costs that they end up uh, incurring and, and the outcomes that patients have. Uh, and, and in demonstrating that, we're hoping to foster more discussion across health systems um, in terms of trying to talk to one another and, and learn from one another in, in, in terms of treating patients and designing, I guess, pathways of care. Um, we hope through this work to be able to identify specific um, specific areas of difference that could be investigated uh, more granularly to establish those causal links. So I guess the one that I was talking about earlier was, you know, where care happens. So for example, where rehab care happens. Another thing that's come out that's really interesting is, um, is there a potential substitution that's happening for systems that don't have uh, long-term care included in their healthcare systems where you see potentially some long-term care being provided in uh, post-acute rehab settings or even hospital settings? And are there efficiencies in you know, maybe integrating those services? Um, so those are all questions that, that we'd like to get to kind of in the next phase of work. So thank you for coming on today. Before we wrap up, I wondered if we might ask you a, a slightly wildcard question about patient data. Throughout the summer, the National Health Service in the UK has been in the news over its plans to allow greater patient data sharing for research purposes. This has caused quite a lot of controversy. It's been in the news, in the papers. Your iconic project uses patient level data. Would you be able to share with us what information about patients do you get? And why is it important that this data is available to you? Yeah, of course. So the data that we get, uh, although uh, at the patient level is uh, completely anonymized um, and we, we cannot identify any single patient, we, um, we have... Um, even fields that, you know, maybe could have been identifiable are, are, are made unidentifiable. So for example, we don't have date of birth, we have age of a person. Um, so, you know, much harder from that to, to ever work out who that is. Um, and all of the data vendors uh, providing data to the countries go through kind of rigorous processes to de-identify the data so that it is impossible to, to work out who you're looking at. Uh, additional restrictions include, we're not allowed to present any results um, that are constructed from lower than a certain number of individuals. So for example, if we have a patient mean, and I believe in the UK, it's 11 patients, uh, that's constructed from less than 11 patients, we can't report that number. Uh, so again, you know, protecting uh, any, um, any way that anybody could, could, could go back um, and identify a patient. So, you know, for us, having the data enables us, I think, to do important research that really informs policy, but not having us just leaves us with question marks. So um, in the UK, you know, the data that we use doesn't include uh, social care services, for example, because that's, um, that's not covered in the NHS data. And, and so we can't compare those services uh, with other countries. And so when we're following, I guess, our hip fracture patients across different settings of care, we just uh, have question marks when it comes to the UK, and, and we don't know what happens in that sector. So, um, uh, so I, you know, I think it's, it's vital for us to be able to do research to have data. And, and, and in terms of what we have access to, there's no way for us to, to, to be able to, to use that um, in any way that would compromise, I guess, an individual. The way healthcare systems are funded, structured and operationalized differs vastly across countries, which makes it challenging to understand how a given healthcare system performs compared to its neighbors. The iconic project tries to bridge this gap 
by taking advantage of rich granular patient level data from 12 countries and through developing a novel methodology for comparing cost, utilization and outcomes of high-cost, high-need population groups. Our guest today suggests that deriving an understanding of how health systems deliver care to vulnerable patient groups can play an important role to encourage policy transfer and mutual learning. Irini, thanks for joining us today. If people want to see and discuss more of your work and what we have discussed today, can you tell them where to go, please? Yeah, so we have a, a special issue of the project that's going to be released um, this month in December um, 2021, uh, which features a lot of the initial results from the project. So there you can find all of the comparisons across countries uh, with regards to, you know, who these patients that we're comparing are, how much they spend over a year, uh, what resources they consume and where, what their outcomes are like. Uh, and that's published by the Journal Health Services Research. Um, we also have a project website, which is uh, iconic.org, uh, where you can find out more details uh, about the researchers on the project, the countries that are involved, uh, more specific uh, examples of, I guess, what we do, um, and, um, and more news updates. So I think those are probably the two places to, to go and look. Thank you so much, Irini. Thank you for having You just listened to an episode of Health Talks, your LSE Health Policy Podcast. If you would like to listen to more podcasts, search for Health Talks on the LSE Department of Health Policy website or stream in on Spotify or iTunes. See you here next time. Mm -hmm.